Hey there, skiers and snowboarders. It is mid-March and we are back on the lift. Thanks for joining us. And you're going to enjoy a very special show today. We've got Becky Walters and John Kotner, who are uh, leaders at Boise Adaptive Snow Sports Education. It goes by the, uh, the term base. And we're talking about getting people on the hill and making an optimal time for those with different abilities, uh, with people who um, need adaptive equipment, people who might need one-on-one uh, -on -one attention and encouragement. We want all people to, that are interested in skiing and snowboarding to have the opportunity. Well, Becky and John are among a network of people across the nation who make that happen. You're really going to enjoy this episode, and hopefully it'll inspire some people to volunteer for their local adaptive program. So let's get on with the show. Live from Greenwater Studios, this is On The Lift Podcast, your weekly show that is ultimately about skiing. This is the show that ducks the rope, earns some turns, dances in ski boots, poaches hot tubs, closes the bar, and still makes it on the first chair. Here's your hosts, two dudes who rip the pow, shred the gnar, and tell the tales, Lance Hester and Michael Gore. All right, before we get going with our guest today, a couple quick plugs. Join us Saturday, 4.30, Clubhouse, 4.30 Pacific Time on Clubhouse to tell some skiing stories, and maybe some of those will be followed up and uh, put on one of our upcoming episodes. You'll find us at On The Lift Podcast on Instagram. Follow us there and send us some messages. We've made a lot of new friends on Instagram. And our website, ontheliftpodcast.com, is especially important for today's guest because we're going to have lots of resources posted there for people who are interested in adaptive skiing, both as participants and as volunteers. All right, well, let's get on with Becky and John and base that's Boise Adaptive Snow Sports Education and let's talk about adaptive skiing and snowboarding. Well welcome back to On The Lift podcast. We are uh, super excited today. We've got some some great guests who are going to help us um, learn help all of our listeners learn a lot about adaptive snow sports, adaptive skiing and snowboarding pr primarily. Um, this is a subject that is near and dear to my heart, and we'll get into that a little bit, but my son, he uh, lacks the ability to walk. He's in a wheelchair full-time. He's 18 years old, and he's had the ability to do some adaptive skiing um, over the years. So at any rate, these are some of our new friends from Instagram, and I am excited to welcome to our show and thankful for uh, them being part of the show, Becky Walters and John Kotner. How are you guys doing, Becky and John? Great. Happy to be with great, you. Lance. Oh, great. Lance, thank you. It's great to be on your show, Lance. Thanks so much. Yeah, no, thank you guys for being part of it. Um, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, these are conversations that we have at least, uh, at least imagine, you know, at least part of our imagination <laughs> on the lift. And so um, why don't you guys introduce yourselves? And, and I don't, it doesn't matter to me which one of you goes first, but both of you guys are in Boise, right? That's right. Correct. Wonderful city, and you guys are surrounded by mountains, and what a great place to do what you do. So, so Becky, imagine that we're on about a oh, I say sixteen hundred vertical foot lift, and we've got five five or fewer minutes to introduce yourself. Uh, okay. Tell our listeners a little bit about you, uh, where where you're from, what you do, and uh, what what you're passionate about. Okay, great. 
Um, my name's Becky, and I've been uh, teaching adaptive snow skiing since 1986. Um, the reason I got interested was that I lost my leg to cancer when I was 16, mm. and I had been always had been an athlete, and I found out that um, there was skiing available for people that were missing a leg, and I was able to go get uh, a week of lessons in Colorado. I grew up in Illinois. There's no skiing in Illinois. It's... <laughs> flat. Um, and I got hooked after a week. It, I felt great. I felt like I was whole again. I felt like I was, I hate to say the word normal, but I felt alive and, um, right on. Yeah. I was like, I gotta, I gotta get out of Illinois, get to some mountains. <laughs> and because it was such a life-changing experience for me, I then wanted to be able to help other people experience that as well. And just feel like you're, up there enjoying the beautiful mountains you're up there in nature and you're active you're not sitting home in front of the tv right on so that eventually caused you to make your way to boise it sounds like yep how long um you, how long you been in boise oh uh, let's see about 25 years oh, wow. so i uh did some teaching in uh california for a few years but i've been here since the late 90s so really love it here small ish town yeah and yeah. the mountain's only 16 miles uphill. So yeah, don't don't say that too loud, Becky. It's actually okay. it's, an, it's an it's an awful it's place a to live. Place to live. There's no snow. It doesn't. Yeah, the skiing's terrible. People are mean. <laughs> yeah. Well, those have not been my Boise experiences, but I'll pretend. <laughs> Other than traffic's a little rough in the morning, but it's, it's, it's rough. Yeah. Well, John, tell us about yourself. Yeah, you bet, Lance. Again, thanks, uh, John Cotner. Um, I grew up up in Northwest Montana, right? A uh, little town outside of Whitefish. I think everybody knows where Whitefish is. And, um, you know, when I was in high school, I uh, volunteered with the uh, dream program up there and um, shoot up. But the problem was I was volunteering for the wrong reasons. If you, if you went and <clears throat> helped the adaptive uh, skiers out, they gave you a, a ski pass for the second half of the day. And that was really the real reason I went up there. But uh, um, that went into college, was doing the same thing, probably for the wrong reasons. But, you know, I started teaching adaptive um, uh, swimming lessons in college, of all mm. things. And, you know, something kind of like Becky, I guess uh, something just kind of um, uh, turned finally. And I, I figured out the, the right reason to be there and really kind of started really enjoying what I was doing more for the for, than the free ski pass and, and the free, um, you know, swimming pass that I got in college there. So, Came back up to Big Mountain and was volunteering up there again and just kind of fell in love with it. Uh, just again, from the smiles that the, uh, the students had on their faces and just how much fun they were having. I think they were having more fun than me. Um, you know, then life happens. I moved to Boise 20 years ago and raised my family here, which has been, you know, in all seriousness, a wonderful place to live and wonderful place to raise a family. And um, gosh, that was probably what, back five, five, uh, five plus years ago that... Uh, I ran into Becky. Becky knows my wife <clears throat> from the YMCA. And mm -hmm. um, I was in a Warren Miller movie, uh, one of the Warren Miller uh, premieres. I don't know remember which one it was, but nonetheless, uh, Bass had a presentation on the stage and Becky was up there talking about Bass and how much it meant to her. And I thought, you know, and it might've been, you know, it had a couple of beers by then too, of course, <laughs> in the Warren Miller movie. But uh, I thought, well, heck, let's get back into this. And um, I think I went and found you in the hallway, didn't I, Becky? And said, yeah. hey, let's, and um she called me, I think the next day and, um, gosh, I think I work more for base than I do my real job nowadays. So <laughs> <laughs> good. I like to hear that. What a, what a great, 
great place to spend your your time and your energy. Well, let's start with BASE. What does BASE stand for? It's an acronym for Boise Adaptive Snow Sport Education. We rebranded a few years ago. We had been called Recreation Unlimited. Uh, we've been in existence since 1978. Um, so we're, we're one of the first um, ski areas to have adaptive snow sports um, in the Northwest. But we still are a little small in the sense that, uh, well, we don't have any professional staff. Everybody is a volunteer, all the board members, all the program directors, all, we have over 70 volunteer instructors That's and great. they all volunteer their time. Um, primarily we're a weekend only, we're starting to expand more into weekdays. Um, I've got some great volunteers that are willing to give extra hours more than we ask um, because most people that do this, they've got the same passion that John and I do for it. Well, that, that's just outstanding and, and wonderful. I, um, I caught the bug a little bit myself, and I, I don't know um, the extent to which I've mentioned to our listeners before, but, you know, like I mentioned earlier, my, my uh, younger son's in a wheelchair, and I've always been very outdoors oriented, and, and it's, you know, I can't hide the fact that I'm passionate about skiing, and he could tell very early on that there's something special about it, so so I've done a little bit of, um, of training and been around the, the culture that, that you're talking about, the people who, who love to give their time to adaptive sports and the people and families who like to participate in it. And I, 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 I've just frankly been touched by it. Um, and, uh, and it's just, I mean, there's just no, I, I think there's no greater cause for the mountains than to see to it that you can, you can, um, uh, make a place for anyone who wants mm -hmm. to be in the mountains. Mm -hmm. So I, I guess that's kind of my first question is, is, um, you know, this term adaptive, that seems to be part of every, um, program for those who may have different needs than, than, you know, whatever, just, just, uh, what I have and, and so forth. Um, adaptive, seems to come into the picture for almost every one of those groups is there kind of a working de definition that you would have for adaptive and and um what that could mean to some of our families who are listening to this and and the people that they're thinking of that they might want to introduce to uh, skiing and snowboarding yeah well <clears throat> lance it is a very broad term and um we intentionally keep it pretty broad here at base you know regardless of any disability we'll find a way to teach it to ski or snowboard. It makes no difference. Um, we have <clears throat> visually impaired people. We have people that are uh, limb different, such as, you know, uh, similar to Becky. We have people that have had strokes. These are all just a handful of examples here. We have cognitive disabilities. Um, it really runs the whole spectrum um, with, with regards to disabilities. We <clears throat> literally will bring anybody and get them on a snowboard or skis, um, usually the first day that they're there. Oh, that's great. Well, I've, I've noticed um, when my son participated with Outdoors for All up in Sun Valley the last time that it wasn't just people who needed adapted equipment. He's on a bi-ski. He's a sit-ski bi-skier with a leash on him so someone can control what he's unable to. But, um, but what you just said, John, triggered, triggered a memory. Um, there was a, another young, young gentleman there who clearly had... Um, 
an emotional disability, an emotional need. And he was on traditional skis and had all the regular same stuff on that I have on uh, helmet down to the bindings and skis and poles. But um, it appeared to me that the, the people who were working with him from the program had a sensitivity to what his needs were uh, to get him around the mountain and have just as enjoyable day as, uh, as anyone else. Um, so does your program, I guess, do you, tell me the extent to which you pro, your volunteers are trained to work with um, all those, the, just the vast spectrum of disabilities that you, and, and abilities that you've mentioned, John. Um, and, and maybe one of you could address that and the other could address what kind of e equipment and what kind of, um, what kind of uh, stockade do you have on hand to meet the needs of all this, these, these uh, various abilities? Yeah, um, it's interesting when you were talking about uh, the person that had all the same equipment as anybody else skiing had, but you could tell had maybe some emotional uh, issues. Um, a lot of our students, when you first look at them, you wouldn't think that they've maybe got any kind of a challenge. We just finished our veteran weekend and uh, quite a few of our veterans that came up had uh, PTSD and it takes a little more sensitivity where you position yourself, how you speak to them, um, how much clothing is confining them around their neck. Oh, yeah. Um, things that are all uh, triggers. And uh, we, we spend um, several weeks every year training all of our instructors, retraining the experienced ones and um, training the new ones. But we also encourage anybody that is uh, interested to further their education uh, through professional ski instructors of America and American snowboard instructors of America and get a certification. And that's the one thing we do pay for. We don't pay a, a salary or an hourly wage, but we will pay for your certification, your clinics, your exams, half of your dues every year, because we want a very high level of uh, qualification. In fact, uh, for the last couple of years, we've outpaced the regular ski school at Bogus Basin with getting our instructors certified and oh, wow. keeping them certified. So it's, uh, we've got a very robust program with that. And we never send an instructor out alone. Um, so we have a new instructor, even if they've got some, they're a great skier or a great snowboarder, we never say, here, go take this person off by yourself. Every, everything is at least two to one, if not like with a bi-ski, for example, your son, you've got somebody that's on the tether. You're going to have help loading and unloading. You're going to have people skiing around to make sure the public doesn't ski in between the lesson. So uh, we're heavily staffed. Um, when, you, when you go, wow, you got 70 instructors, but we maybe had... Um, you know, 50 students because right. of the high ratio of instruction uh, and all the lessons are private. Uh, we did just launch a, a program this year called Beyond Base, which is for kids and adults that have kind of progressed as far as they're going to, but they still want to ski with other people and they might need a little bit of supervision because of their particular challenges. They did ski as a group and they had a blast this year. So that was a really fun inaugural program. We're going to continue growing that in years oh, to come. Oh, yeah. What a great broadband <clears throat> yeah. services. But I, I'll let John talk about some of the equipment because he just passed. He just passed his level two adaptive PSIA certification, which is not easy. It's I, I bet. several I, days. I did yeah. a year of ski instructing straight out of college and 
I remember the the rigors of of just getting the basic certification. It was yeah, it was tough stuff. So yeah, so <laughs> add some some serious safety issues and so forth. John, impressive. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it, it it was a labor of love. I think you used uh, the same term with your podcast, but it was a lot of hours. But it was it's well worthwhile. But you know, before I talk about the um, equipment, can I just add a couple things onto the training? You bet. Just because I'm I'm so proud of what Base does uh, for our instructors. Um, in addition to what Becky said, um, just real quick, we we spend quite a bit of money. Um, you know, the bulk of our budget goes to uh, equipment and training, quite frankly. But one of the larger expenditures that we have from a training perspective is we send a handful of instructors uh, every year, pre-COVID that is, of course, down to Breckenridge, Colorado for an event called Ski Spectacular, which is just a fantastic event. Um, there are, oh gosh, Becky, hundreds and hundreds of uh, uh, ski instructors as well as students there. There's lessons being taught. Um, but for our instructors, there's a tremendous amount of clinics going on. And, and it literally is like the top gun of, ski, of disabled uh, and adaptive ski instructors. Um, we send our, our people down there to really learn from the best. <clears throat> you can work on your certifications down there. You can get CE credits. And my gosh, what an experience to go to, uh, to Breckenridge and learn with all the vertical that they have there. So we spend a lot of money on that. And uh, we really do have, as Becky mentioned, a high degree of certification within our program. Um, sure sounds fact, like it, wow. With the, the level twos, um, our program actually has four level two certified instructors. And in our division, there's only, there, there, that's four out of 12. So I'm, I'm real, real proud of what BASE does with that. So oh, yeah. I just, just wanted to point that in there. And, and I think the most important thing about that is, a, the students are very safe when you're with a certified instructor. And, Absolutely. And, and B, they're really going to, I think, have a, a much more enjoyable experience if they have an instructor that knows what they're doing and actually can get them um, skiing towards independence. Yeah. Well, that, that's great. So, um, and actually, maybe before I have you, you touch on the equipment, like we were, we were heading in that direction, what introduce our listeners to, to kind of the, the main equipment and um, I don't even know how to frame my question, I guess. What are the, what are the primary adapted um, equipment pieces that you guys find yourself using the most? And then uh, I, I think what I'd like the listeners to know is that all these pieces of equipment can be very customized to each individual's needs. But what are the main ones? Give us some vocabulary when we're talking about equipment and and the way that that adapted uh, ski equipment works for some of these people that need that. Well, why don't we split this up, Becky? I'll I'll, I'll take some of the sit sit down stuff, and you can okay. handle some of the stand up equipment. You know, and, and Lance, you you'd already mentioned one of them, one that's very popular. We use um, every weekend is a, is a biski. You know, and and there's several versions of the biski and several different manufacturers out there. We're big fans of enabling technologies. I think I mentioned that to you, Lance, in a, in a text did. or an email, but uh, <clears throat> they're great folks to work with. And uh, and frankly, their equipment is top notch, in my opinion. But, you know, depending on the severity of, of the of the injury or disability depends on which rig, as we call it, we put them in. But a bi-ski, just envision, um, really, it's, it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's a chair that's it's surrounded by a frame. It's got two skis underneath of it. The skis are articulating, so when they... Uh, when, when it turns on the mountain, it's a comfortable ride. Uh, the skis articulate like a stand-up skier would. And, um, you know, it, it's got um, 
significant adjustments in it to make the student uh, comfortable, you know, depending on how, how far they want to lean forward or back or, I mean, the, the, the options are literally endless uh, with, with a buy ski. Um, Lance, you mentioned with your son, I think he skied in one of these, uh, yes. one of these solutions. And with a buy ski, uh, uh, a lot of times there's a, an instructor behind it tethering the buy ski down the mountain. Uh, in that case, sometimes there's fixed riggers, uh, uh -huh. which are little, little tiny skis that are attached to kind of the front end of it that um, keep it from tipping over. Um, if there's a student that has use of his, his or her arms and are strong and strong enough, they can use handheld riggers. You might have seen those. They, you know, it's a, uh -huh. they're, hand, they're little devices with skis on the, on, on the ends of them that they put in their hands and they use those to turn. And, you know, shoot, if, if they become comfortable enough, they don't have to be on the tether, which is great. They can yeah. see that thing independently. And, and that, that's a huge win for us if that happens. Yeah, sure. Um, and there, there's kids <laughs> like my son who will never be off the tether just because of the limitation and muscle ability. And that's, sure. and, and that's one thing that I think is super important for families to know is that, is that you guys are going to get the most out of the skier as is possible, but you're not going to push them beyond what, what they're physically capable of doing or what they're, um, what, what would be reasonably safe and, and that sort of thing. So. Absolutely. We, we kind of have an unwritten motto at base, uh, safety, fun, learning. Those are our three priorities in that order. Perfect. And um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we, but regardless of if, if they become fully independent or not, the experience is always the same, Lance. I'll tell you, they, they just, the, the smile on, on these uh, students' faces, it, it, it is. It makes the ride down from the mountain and you're, when you're debriefing with your fellow instructors um, that much better. You know, the other device I'll mention real quick, it's just very similar to the, um, the bi-ski is the monoski. I think a lot of people have seen this. There's monoskis uh, in the Paralympics these days. There's uh, people all over Instagram hucking huge jumps with these monoskis and just being uh, insane. But, you know, it's a similar, uh, again, um, um, device, but it's, it offers probably the most independence for somebody that does not have the use of their legs. It's one ski under a similar seat. Uh, there's handheld outriggers. Uh, it, it has tremendous turning capability. I mean, these guys, if, if, if they get good enough, uh, they can ride moguls in that thing. I mean, shoot, I, there's video, and I don't think I sent this one to you, Lance, but there's video of a, a gentleman by the name of Trevor Kennison hucking one of those into Corbett's over at Jackson. Oh, my gosh. Uh, which I've, was, I've seen uh, that one, actually. I saw that. Yeah, yeah that's absolutely insane. So yeah. that, that is probably the closest to full independence for someone that does not have use in their life. Okay. So opinion. mostly bi skis and, and, um, bi ski and mono ski that are sit versions for both of those, for those who are not ambulatory or have limitations to their, uh, their trunk and, and lower body strength. Well, That's Becky, correct. tell us a little bit about the standing options. Well, um, like you said, there's some people who use just a traditional setup, um, and then there's some people where maybe they have, have weakness in one leg or the other. So we might use a connector between their boots, a connector in their toes. It's very common for our new skiers to um, also use a tether. We use a tip tether. So we connect their toes and then have a tether that runs on either side of them. So the instructor behind can help them turn and help them feel how it feels to turn. A lot of our students, especially ones with um, intellectual challenges, if they can feel what it feels like to turn and to balance without having a bunch of falls and discouragement, um, it helps them progress to where they, the next run, they don't need the tethers anymore. Um, and then 
a few weeks down the road, they don't even need the tip connectors anymore. And because they've kinesthetically felt how it feels to turn. Um, so that's one of our kind of go-to things, but we also have um, a lot of other equipment. We have something called a, um, a ski pal, which is sort of a oblong uh, hula hoop looking thing where we can have an instructor on either side of a student that maybe has low muscle tone or has issues with fear. Um, mm -hmm. And then the student can hold onto the hula hoop and can have instructors on either side or just an instructor in the back. Um, this is used also with snowboarding. Um, and we also have a lot of hands-on. I mean, a lot of yeah. our instructors are skiing backwards, um, holding on to their students' tips. Uh, it is a, um, you really pace yourself by what the student needs. Um, other stand-up equipment is, uh, we have something called a slider that looks like a, um, it originally was a walker that somebody um, hmm. put arms on and there's skis on the bottom. So the person stands in the middle with two skis and then there's skis on the, the slider. And then the instructor behind has a tether as well. And this is great for somebody who has low muscle tone mm -hmm. um, or is just like somebody with MS or who's had a stroke where they've maybe got one side of their body stronger than the other. Um, sure it's a great like it. tool to get, to get them out there. And they feel very stable because they, they've got, a lot of people holding all the different points. Oh, right. That, that was yeah. a really good description. I, I, I don't think I've seen that device and, and I, uh, I feel like I've imagined it very well. Yeah. And then uh, we have stand-up outriggers, the same as the sit-down people use. It's basically a, uh, a crutch, like a, a forearm crutch or Canadian crutch, it can be called, with a ski tip on the bottom that flips down when you're skiing and then you flip it up and it and it's stable somebody can use it as a crutch or crutches to ambulate around in the flats so mm -hmm. for example that's what i use i use one ski and two outriggers there are people that uh use two skis and outriggers if they're maybe missing their lower leg and they're wearing a prosthetic or if they have um weak just weakness we've got a gentleman that uh had a stroke and loves to, loves to ski. And he actually uses two skis and one outrigger because his other arm is paralyzed. So, um, so we mix it up and find all yeah. ways to make it work. Plus we have also, um, I don't know if you've seen the snow bikes. There, yes. Those, yeah. the ones that have seats are really great too for people that have lower leg weakness. Um, and they want to still be able to, to carve and, and tear it up. So, so those are another great tool. Oh, that is, that's, that's great. I hadn't, I haven't thought through those in the adaptive uh, environment. Um, so one of the, you know, one of our goals is to help families and to help individuals, you know, live out their, their snow sports dreams. Um, if, if someone has a family member who wants to ski or snowboard and they've got some sort of limitation or some sort of disability, um, for the other family members, perhaps a parent, perhaps a, a brother or sister, whoever kind of looks out for them, it might, it might kind of sound overwhelming. Um, I guess the good news, bad news is they don't make, you know, millions and millions of, of adaptive skis each year, like they do traditional skis and snowboards. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I ran into, I, I, I thought, you know, Hey, I'll go get trained to, to help my son learn how to do this stuff. And then I'll just go buy a bike ski. Well, the, the, it was cost prohibitive. <laughs> um, so, so give us a little bit of a, a glimpse of what it would look like for a family who, you know, is about to hop on the internet and look you guys up at, um, at, you know, at your, at base and, uh, or, or any of the adaptive programs really. Um, and what, what, what would it look like for them trying to get involved in a, in a program like yours? Yeah, well, Lance, with us, you know, speaking for us, since I'm the most familiar with, with Base Idaho, but I, I guess I'd first tell anybody to call their local ski resort, the closest one. Most of them are likely going to have some version of an adaptive program. <clears throat> with regards to costs and all that, I'm sure it varies based on the program. Uh, I can speak for ours. Ours is incredibly affordable, and that's intentional by design. We're not here to put a bunch of money in the bank. We just, you know, want to change people's lives. I know with, with us, I mean, we have a $50 annual membership fee that mm -hmm. um, covers uh, various things. Uh, and then it's $25 per lesson. I mean, it's just, wow. it's, it's ridiculous how inexpensive that is. Um, and with that, they could get free rentals. If, if your rentals are needed, ski boots, snowboards, skis, you know, whichever, that, that's free. They actually get a free season pass at Bogus Basin, which is super that's cool. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've, we partner with Bogus. We're really good friends with Bogus. And it's just a tremendous, even though we're not Bogus employees, uh, right. it's just a tr tremendous partnership that they chip in and uh, help with all that as well. That's beautiful. And, and you know, just a comment on the family dynamic. It, it is interesting. And I think you're right that in some cases that can be somewhat intimidating. But I guess one of the things I just love about this is it really brings families together. Um, and yeah. I, you know, I, I do specialize more on the Sitski instruction side, the, the stand-up side. And I, I've seen this time and time again, where uh, we'll have a student uh, that maybe hasn't been skiing before the family, either used to ski or, or you know, whatever their situation might be, <clears throat> they'll bring uh, a student up and we invite the family to ski with us. We'll be tethering maybe um, the, a young man down the hill while his parents and maybe sister ski with us. And we welcome them to do that. One really cool example is we have a a gentleman that has a, a great, um, great son that, um, he has, um, um, oh gosh, he, he has, um, uh, what, what is Daniel's uh, situation? Back here? He's got a CP. That's right. Mm -hmm. He's been skiing with us and, uh, and his dad, uh, actually we taught him to tether and, you know, so pretty soon dad was tethering more than we were. And then I think last year dad joined the program and now he's a volunteer instructor. With us. <laughs> Perfect. So, I mean, yeah. So, they bring the whole family up every Saturday and dad instructs and you know, it's just, it's, it's a wonderful to see the whole family enjoying skiing together. That's, that's amazing. I, I, um, had a, an extended family trip to Sun Valley several years ago and, and Micah's Micah was set up to ski in the afternoon with outdoors for all. And, uh, the rest of the kids were all, you know, middle school and they were all over the place at, at Baldy. And, you know, Micah's program was over on the, the beginner hill, so to speak on dollar mountain. And I, I originally kind of looked at everyone firmly and said, you all will be back here at one when Micah starts skiing and we're all going to ski together. But I tell you what, no matter how great it, the rest of their memories were, I, I think I probably speak for all of them that all of us skiing together with him mm -hmm. and learning about the adaptive, you know, nature of skiing and, and, um, and, and having that time together and seeing the joy in his eyes and, and those sorts of things, I, I would hazard to guess that afternoon was the best time of everyone's, mm -hmm. um, participating in snowboarding and skiing. 
And you couldn't have described that any better, Lance. Yep. And I, th I think that's precisely what keeps all the volunteers coming back year after year. And I've also seen it. Um, we try to provide lessons on um, nights when there are uh, schools that come up, the whole school comes up. If we find out that there's a student with a special need, we'll round up a few extra volunteers and show up to teach their student an adaptive lesson. And what is great is how their peers react. So here's somebody who might sometimes at school be sidelined a little bit because of their either physical or intellectual challenge. Mm -hmm. And here they are out skiing with their peers, having fun, being one of the, you know, one of oh, the crowd. Yeah. And it, oh. that is a huge thing too, um, to, to let them participate with their friends um, doing something as awesome as skiing. Oh, that yeah. is, that's a yeah. beautiful picture you painted. Well, I, I think that, that um, getting families and getting people who have different needs involved in skiing and snow sports is one thing. Uh, another theme that's resonating here is the value of the volunteers. Um, mm -hmm. The year that I went through some training and, I, and it had nothing, to, my, my son wasn't up there participating that, that year. I did the training so that I could better help him. But, but um, my training was with people who, you know, they were strangers to me. And just becoming part of the culture and part of the program and um, seeing the, the changes going on in, in lives was just absolutely, um, and it, it just was, a it just set off a beautiful light in my soul. And, and I just um, hope that this is something that maybe some of our listeners could be challenged to look up in their, their local area, their adaptive program, and maybe there's a role for them in, in volunteering and, uh, and helping others because it's just an amazing feeling. Yeah, I was gonna just follow up with one thing too. Um, you were saying about the cost. There uh -huh. are some great programs out there that are that are grants. So spinal cord injury, there's something called the Kelly Brush Foundation. There are other um, programs like Challenged Athlete Foundation that helps buy adaptive equipment. Um, so there are programs out there for families once their child or young adult has maybe had a few years of lessons and the family wants to be able to have their own equipment and go do it on their own time. There are some great places out there to, to find that. And also most places do offer scholarships. We will hundred percent scholarship anybody if they have any need. And most places, if you ask, and if money is something that's keeping that student and that family from enjoying the mountains, um, almost every program I know of has partial or full scholarships. Oh, great information. Yeah. You know, um, speaking of, of that, we um, uh, will be, uh, I'll just tell our listeners that, that both Becky and John have sent me some, some resources and I have got a long list of resorts or programs that offer adaptive skiing that I'll be putting on our website. Um, and by the way, while I'm speaking of our website, if any of you listeners have any questions for John or Becky, um, and you want to run them through us, you can either leave us a voice message at 253-260-4577, or you can leave us a text at that same number. We would love to get back to you. We'd love to relay any information to John and Becky. Um, we've met, I met John on Instagram. He's one of my new Instagram friends. Uh, you can find us at on the lift podcast on Instagram, as well as our webpage on the .com. And with that self-fulfilling plug, where can we find you guys? Um, where can we find you guys in the world of social media? 
Yeah, hit, hit us up on Instagram at, uh, at Base Idaho, B-A-S-E Idaho. And our website is uh, baseidaho.org. Perfect. Um, you know, this is in some ways the best, in some ways the worst time to be talking about adaptive skiing because ski season's kind of coming to an end for a lot of people. Um, for yeah. those places that actually have little league and that kind of stuff during this COVID season, it's time to people are transitioning to spring. Um, I would imagine like most ski schools, you know, you kind of have a certain number of weeks and then the thing's over. On the other hand, it's probably the best time for families who have been thinking about skiing all season and haven't to start thinking about next season. Mm -hmm. So what advice would you have for families as they, as they start thinking about, you know, um, getting, uh, someone out on the hill who's been, you know, maybe saying, I want to try skiing and, and, uh, they got a little time to, to plan. I think the best advice, in fact, I just wrote an email to uh, somebody who is interested in skiing with us. I said, get a hold of us in the early fall and then we can get you registered. Uh, we can get you started. So we make sure you get a, a good chunk of lessons. Uh, same is true for volunteers. I just had a gentleman say, hey, I want to work with you guys. I'm an expert, expert skier and I want to give back. I'm like, okay, send, you right know, on. get back in touch with us, you know, late September, October, because that's when things are ramping up and we're doing our uh, off mountain training and all those things. Okay. Would you recommend that families or individuals plan on a one individual solitary day on the mountain or plan on a series of days or does it depend? I think it that's depends where you live. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. And that's completely up to the, to the individual Lance. I mean, we, uh, we'll skew them about as often as they want to go. And, um, it just depends on their stamina and, and, you know, we do half day lessons. We do full day lessons. They can buy it in blocks of one, four. Yeah. It's really their choice. Okay. And, and you know, one of the things I want to mention Lance with regards to, you know, ski season coming to an end is that, you know, and if, if your listeners, um, uh, maybe aren't familiar with, you know, just adaptive sports in, in general, there's wh wherever they live, there's probably, um, options even in the summer. I mean, oh, here yeah. in Boise, there, Boise, there's a great adaptive water ski program that I've volunteered for, which is, which is absolutely fantastic. There's, uh, you know, there's, um, adaptive mountain biking. There's, there's, uh, tennis, there's, there's just, there's a tremendous amount. There's just a matter of, um, reaching out to your local community and finding it. Good, good point. Excellent point. <clears throat> Well, I would imagine that um, that there's all sorts of tips. If people were to engage with you on your website or on email or whatever, um, you know, I, I remember with with Micah, we had to think through some different um, clothing and that sort of thing to be prepared. Um, I've never seen more of the little the little uh, heat packs packed into someone's yeah. boots, and, and, and you know, because they're not getting the same circulation. You know, if you're in a, a bi-ski, your your little like whatever, all the little minor muscles and tendons in your feet aren't moving yeah. as well as the the people who are standing up on it. Um, gloves, same thing. So um, yeah, it's a good time to start planning ahead if uh, people are interested in getting some warm boots and ski pants and Costco packs of the. Uh, <laughs> of the glove warmers <laughs> get, get, get that Costco pack. I heard what one of your other guests mentioned that in a recent podcast. Last. <laughs> that, that's a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is, um, well, great. This is, this has really been fun. Um, I am passionate about adaptive anything and I'm passionate about skiing. So it makes it kind of at the top of my list, um, of, of things that are, are really 
close to my heart and that I've seen people and families, you know, experience the kind of joy that you guys were expressing and, and skiing alone, it, it lends itself to that. But when you, when you see that, you know, it's something that we can make for everyone, it's just a, an awesome thing. Um, what about uh, the, when, when someone finally makes their, their way to the mountain for the first time, and let's say that they're, um, they've got some physical disabilities and so forth. How much, how much time do you spend um, fitting them and getting them prepared to, to get on the hill? What's that look like? Ideally, we like to get as much information ahead of time. Oh, good. Um, so part of our registration process, sometimes people are like, I can't book my lessons online. It's because they have to first turn in a medical release. They have to oh, turn yeah. in from their doctor saying they're, it's a, they're okay to ski. And then they have to fill out a questionnaire about what their um, abilities and their weaknesses are, everything about how they communicate. Do they have seizures? Do they have medication that they're on? Mm -hmm. do they have toileting issues? I mean, there's just right. a lot more that comes into it than just being able to walk up and say, Hey, I want a lesson. So we try yeah. to get as much information ahead of time um, so that we're able to match them up with the, the right instructors. Mm -hmm. And, um, and a lot of times when we see them first walk up or wheel up or crutch up, we do a lot of um, movement analysis. Uh -huh. <laughs> Sizing them up. Yep. Yep. We, yep. Watch how they're walking, how they're rolling. Um, are they able to hold up their head? Are they going to need padding when they mm. are in that bice key? So we, we then do a lot of assessment when they first get there. And then we spend a, a long time making sure they're set up, they're comfortable, they're padded in all the right places. Everything is like in the sit down program. Yeah. Everything is adjusted to them so that they're comfortable. So yeah. they're, they're safely and comfortably locked into that, that seat or that sort of bucket that, that holds them. Interesting. And, and it can take a while, depending on the, again, the, the student and their, their situation, Lance, you know, if you have a, a, a person with autism, as an example, sometimes just getting them to wear a helmet is a, is a huge, is a huge win for us. Sure. Uh, if you on someone, maybe the first time a helmet and boots, that might be the lesson that day. And yeah. if, if, if the lesson is just walking around in the snow out front of the lodge and maybe playing in the snow, great. We just want them to be comfortable. And maybe the next time they come up, they're ready to ski. So it all just depends on their situation. And, um, you know, sometimes they're ready to go. I'd say more times than not, they're pretty much ready to go. And we get them up on the lift, uh, uh -huh. so to speak, uh, right away. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's outstanding. Well, I, um, I'm smelling what I'm cooking upstairs. So I need, <laughs> I need to wrap this up. I could talk with you guys all day though. This has just been a joy. I really appreciate your guys' time. Uh, uh, I just gonna say, it's been our pleasure, Lance. Uh, but thanks for, I guess, putting a spotlight on, on adaptive uh, sports in general, but specifically snow sports. As you can tell, it's a passion of mine and Becky's and we appreciate the opportunity to be on the show. And if, if you're um, out this way with your son, we would absolutely love to take some turns. Oh, with we'll find a way to make that happen. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I can guarantee this is not the last time we'll be featuring adaptive sports on here and uh, appreciate what you guys are doing. And I'm, I just got to make a final plug for volunteers. If anyone, especially for these guys, if you're in Boise and, and this has piqued your interest on, on, uh, making your way to the mountain and helping people out or anywhere there there are adaptive programs throughout the nation and again i'm going to publish that um that list that that uh john and becky have provided on our website help out um make someone's day make someone's weekend make someone's winter 
um, you will you will never regret it. It is just the, an amazing and beautiful way to use your talents and your skills to help other people. Well, guys, thanks so much. Um, I'm gonna like I like Mike and I always say we're gonna raise our tips and we're gonna yeah. raise the bar on this lift and we're gonna get off this thing and. <laughs> And uh, we'll have to talk with you guys again soon. Thanks so much. Looking forward Thanks to it. so much, Lance. Talk to you soon. Thanks, All right. Lance. Thanks. Visit us at ontheliftpodcast.com, where you can listen to back episodes of the podcast. You'll also find show notes, feedback box, and our call-in number, 303-529-3000.